1: Round Robin that's going to be taking place uh, in, uh, well, I mean, other than KU playing each other home and home, it's going to be all in Kansas City, on the Missouri side. I forgot that the Hall of Fame Classic in Kansas City is an absolute snooze fest. What a bad break for the Hall of Fame Classic in KC. It is, uh, no offense. Colorado State. Colorado State's in there. I'm sorry, Troy. No, you deeply care about your Rams. Uh, Creighton. Uh, you know, K-State just got one of their best players. You know, we'll see. Colorado State will have Isaiah Stevens, though, back who,
0: you know, dipped his toe into the NBA waters briefly here in this
1: offseason. That, that's going to be a solid ball club. Boston College and Loyola Chicago. I mean, yeah, Loyola yeah. Chicago, you know, after Porter Mosier, post-Porter Mosier. I mean... Sister Jean's all they got going for and it, oh, for them and all they got going for her is when she has a birthday and gets a little bit older. That's it. Yeah, Her good luck charm has left the building with Porter Mosier. Uh, also, how about this news? Marquise Noel, uh, according to ESPN's Best Available, has jumped from uh, 84 to 81. Kids making moves. Mr. New York City... Making moves. All right, but, um, you know, this is hilarious to me. And uh, We're going to break it down here for you. Deion Sanders back in the news. And it's not – I guess somewhat has to do with what is being called the grand experiment in college football. Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, is now the new head coach at Colorado. Colorado only returns 10 scholarship players from last year. From the beginning of last season to now – A total of 71 players have entered the transfer portal. Just unreal. Now, the amount that has left since Deion Sanders has been named the new head coach is over 50. So, yes, there was a max exodus, and a lot of that as well was after the spring game. That did some record numbers. People are all in on the Coach Prime movement (laughs) and the Coach Prime era in Boulder, Colorado. A lot of people aren't a fan of the process that Deion Sanders has been using to get rid of some of these players. It's not the image Colorado wants to portray, but it is most likely the NCAA rule that allows a first-year head coach to remove scholarship players from the roster. And I know there's like an academic element of that. Like if as long as they're on aid or whatever, uh, they can. Th- this can be done. The way Colorado wants you to see this is, well, you know, it's a new coaching staff. It's a whole new system. A lot of these guys just aren't the right fit, so it's in their best interest to go somewhere else. Here's the real deal. And honestly, I am a fan of this. Colorado was 1-10 in last year, 1-11 last year. Mm-hmm. That team was full of bums. He wants to win. He's going to get losers out of there. The the flaw is, is that it winds up though
0: really appearing cold blooded in the matter that you are cutting scholarships, ousting kids, um instead of at least trying to work with them some. Well and I know, they're not they weren't his recruits. I get that, but it at a point it just it just looks way too cutthroat.
1: Well I watched a couple of Colorado games this last year, maybe just one, but I could tell and looking at the stats, that team had no talent. No, they had no talent, but right now they don't have much talent either. I mean, Pac-12, I mean, God's, for God's sakes, that wasn't the be- that's definitely not the best conference in college football and even they didn't even have Pac-12 talent not even close. No. You got to tell a lot of these guys to take a hike. And that's still I mean, you don't hear a lot about this in college athletics, but it is a thing that happens in college athletics. It it's in almost all the sports. Uh, you know, some more than others. But when you you bring on a scholarship player in you know, a lot of the not, you know, non-football basketball programs, you don't have a lot of full rides in there. But when you offer a big scholarship to one of those players and they're not performing well, you got to, you know, you're going to probably set them aside after a couple of years and be like, I think we need to move on. You need to go somewhere else because this is not working out. This is not what we expected. A lot of those business conversations happen at this level and it's going to continue to happen. It's just, it's the business. It It is what it is. I know some are a fan of it. It seems cold blooded. They should just try to work it out and try to make it work. But Coaches don't have a lot, of, a lot of time at a lot of programs to really prove themselves with athletes that were left over from a poor team. There's just not a lot of room to grow. You're not allowed a whole lot of time anymore. I mean, Scott Frost, I'll bring up the Nebraska fans here in just a second, but Scott Frost got you know, four years to make it work. And that's because, most no, likely because and, and, he was a legacy. You know, he won a national championship yeah, it, at, at Nebraska. It used
0: to be that you were allowed the cycle of at least four. Now it's three. I mean, some places it's
1: less than three.
0: Yeah, it is. Or you maybe – agree. You don't finish I mean, three, year well, three. I mean, Colorado is a great example of that because Carl Durrell only got two, but it was a disaster.
1: Pat Narduzzi, who's the head coach at Pitt – was one of the louder people to criticize Coach Prime because it looks bad. This is a quote from me. He said, it looks bad on college football and coaches across the country. Well, the way Coach Prime responded to that was, of course, he disagreed and that if Pat Narduzzi walked into the room, he wouldn't even know who he was. I mean, he he, he big leagued him. Well, of that was course, his that was his answer to the criticism. Well, of course,
0: Prime would not know who Pat Narduzzi was because he's only interested in allowing his kid to play
1: quarterback. Where this really warmed up, and yes, Coach Prime's son is going to most likely be the starting quarterback. Oh, there's no most for the Colorado Buffaloes. There's
0: no most likely to hey, that hey, at
1: all. Coach Prime did win over once again for the second time. He recruited the number one player in the country from a couple of years ago to play corner at first year of Jackson State, and now it's going to be Colorado. And he's already brought, over, uh, brought in, as in transfers, over 50 players to, to fill in a, those 70-plus roster spots. Uh, and it's been a wide range of guys, for sure, uh, making up those 50-plus. So the other criticism, it, it, it's general criticism for like the outsiders that don't know the whole process that's taking place. Outside of criticizing the roster movement of Colorado has been what Colorado has been in the past without Deion Sanders. Terrible one winning season in the last 17. 1 in 11 yet last year. Joel Klatt brought this up to Deion Sanders.
0: You know, it's it's fascinating from my seat cuz I evaluate teams. Yeah. I know what Colorado was. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't think here's the thing. I don't think a lot of people do.
1: Yes they do. They, well, no, they see they the record, right? No, they, like they, they see do. one in eleven, but there's other teams that no, had no, one they, they, win. Do. they don't know what this they, was. They man. do. They just want to take a shot at me, and I'm good with that. They do. They know what it was, but this is their opportunity to take a shot. But they better, they better shoot now, sure, because uh, in a moment, you're not going to be able to shoot. So that last part is what got Nebraska fans rolling. Now, I love the response of Deion Sanders because he's absolutely right. To criticize somebody that had nothing to do with 1-11, probably just want him to fail, and it's cheap heat. It's all it is is cheap heat. The the comment of saying, if you're going to shoot, you better do it now because he's basically saying that this thing is going to explode soon. Where Nebraska comes into play is Husker fans – remember five years ago, overconfidence. And what that feels right now from coming from Deion Sanders could be a little bit of overconfidence because you have a brand new team. It is impossible to predict how 2023 Colorado is going to turn out. But Scott Frost, when he was hired in 2018 and he had his first Big Ten media day, was asked a question, and I think you'll hear the question here, but he, you know, it was about, hey, when is Nebraska going to contend? How soon? Nebraska fans want to know. How long is it going to take to contend because they used to be the biggest badasses in college football? I mean, the Tom Osborne days. I mean, Nebraska fans, that's where the overconfidence comes from. They were at the promised lane. They were dominant for so long. It's only just a matter of time before things get turned around and they're back to that again. Scott Frost answered that question back in 2018. You know, I've said it a hundred times, we're not going to put those kind of goals out in front of us. Uh, I know if we're getting better day by day, we're going to be really dangerous
0: and hard to beat in in the very near future. And uh, we'll see how this first year goes, but uh, people better get us now because we're going to keep getting better.
1: Scotty, you had the perfect coach speak right at the beginning and then the overconfidence took over. You wanted to establish a little bit of hope in that one comment and it completely blew up in your face because your 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 fans that you had, or maybe lack thereof, but Nebraska fans were remembering that five years later. Because another coach that brought it up brought up a similar quote rattled that off. And Nebraska fans were letting Deion Sanders in the way here because of the overconfidence, but they're all like, Man, we heard that once upon a time. And guess where that got us? Absolutely nowhere. And Scott Frost, after losing to Georgia Southern, missing a 50-plus yard field goal, upset at home, is fired like the next day. It is another classic case of overconfidence. By his
0: former teammate, no less.
1: Dallas Cowboys were right there with that overconfidence. Texas at a time or two in the last decade. Miami was there at one point. And heck, maybe Colorado is there right now. I don't know.
0: Texas is there every year, man.
1: I I think it's hilarious that Nebraska fans are busting the chops of Deion Sanders. It wouldn't happen, though. I don't think it'd be happening, though, if Nebraska wasn't on the schedule to go to Boulder in week two.
0: Also true.
1: Having that added is just a little bit fuel to the fire. and. I think makes Big Noon kickoff on September 9th a little bit. It sucks that K-State plays at the same time. Honestly, I would like to watch that game. Matt Rule, the new head coach in Nebraska. You know what? As I, as I think about that, let's take a break. When we come back, I know this with Colorado, it seems impossible. All right, let's do this. When we come back, who has the better 2023, Deion Sanders or Matt Rule next?
0: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg.
1: All right, before we get to Sanders versus Rule, we do have some uh, breaking high school sports news. The Big East League is coming.
0: It's going to be a combo of the members of the Big 7 League and the Mideast League left after Riverside exits the Big 7 this coming year and Waubonsee and Rock Creek exiting the Mideast League. After this coming year because of their uh, changes in terms of uh, enrollment over time, 11 teams to comprise that league coming up. That's going to be a heck of a league when you factor in the traditional members out of the old big seven and then add Rossville, Silver Lake, Riley County. That's going to be a very interesting league going forward.
1: I'll give you uh, all, the, uh, all the teams here. We'll just go in order the way it's listed. Hiawatha, Holton, Jeff West, Nemaha Central, Perry LeCompton, Riley County, Rossville, Royal Valley, Sabetha, Silver Lake, and St. Mary's will be your Big East League. That's, in, that's insane. That, that, I was telling you during the break, I think the Sunfire League maybe has more. I can't remember how many schools they have, but I think it might be a few more. Than that, mm-hmm. that's still a gigantic league. Yes. Like for the state of Kansas, for sure. Like, man.
0: M- mean, and meanwhile, can't figure out what to do with a Centennial League. If you
1: think about it, so if they wanted to do this, well, see, football, I mean, you're only scheduling eight games now. So you could maybe take care of all that with the league games if you wanted to do it that way. Basketball, I don't know. You would have to play any, uh, Beginning or mid-season tournaments, if you didn't want to, that's your whole schedule. There's your 20 games right there, against teams in your league. Because you got 11, yeah. 10 home and homes, all taken care of. I don't know if they would do it that way, no. but it is there. It's on the table. But yeah, very interesting news. That'll start. Yeah, like Troy said, 24, 25 school year. Rock Creek and uh, Wabunsi leaving the Mid East League. Riverside leaving the Big Seven. So the Big Seven and the Mid East going to merge into the. Uh, The Big East League. All right, we continue on with the game. You know, going back to what I was saying about the overconfidence, you know, Deion Sanders versus Scott Frost. Listen, Scott Frost was a lazy coach. I mean, it was to the point where he was not making recruiting calls. His own assistants were were complaining about Scott Frost to Trev Alberts. Because of being late to practice, not making the proper moves in recruiting, just not doing your job. Like after hearing about all that stuff, like, I wasn't surprised that the the Scott Frost tenure did not work out.
0: It's always interesting because we talk about how much of college coaching nowadays is essentially being the CEO of your program. Sometimes guys take it a little too far when that that CEO and not doing the hands on like they should be. And apparently Scott Frost was one of them.
1: Deion Sanders is going to be the opposite of Scott Frost. I don't think he is going to be lazy. He's going to be a lot louder. He is going to be more aggressive. I don't imagine NIL being a huge issue as Deion Sanders, I think, will get the money he's looking for. He seems like a good, uh, good salesman. True. And you might not always agree with the way he does things, but we'll find out how that all works out with this grand experiment of basically having a brand-new football team. Because I know the, 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 the comparisons were, you know, Brian Kelly at LSU, Lincoln Riley goes to USC, and they had a bunch of guys leave. But it wasn't 70-something. It was like in the 20s, I think. I don't think it quite reached 30, but it was in the 20s. And they were fine. This is way different. But it brings up an interesting thought. Who does end up with the better 2023? Deion Sanders at Colorado or Matt Rule, who's now the head coach at Nebraska? I was also thinking about this. What really sucks about them not being the Big 12 anymore is with the last almost 13 years that they've had. Man, K-State football. I think would have steamrolled Nebraska I know. at least 8 I know. of the 12 times. And Colorado, man, you're talking about an easy win. Most likely, I would imagine. Right. Oh, yeah. It's been such a disaster in Boulder. I'm thinking in the last 12 years since Colorado left, I'm thinking 10-2 and two against Colorado. Mm, at probably. least. Yeah. And with Nebraska 8-4, and four, I think it would be good living. You would take it. Catch up in some of those uh, ugly series records that K exactly. State still has exactly. against some former rivals. But hey, Colorado might be back in the league here before we know it. They're just trying to figure out. And by the way, if you're George Klyovkov, is that the car is that your ace in the hole? Is that the ace of spades? Deion Deion Sanders.
0: For how long does that last if he is? Yeah. Because I heard someone mention today if he goes six and six, the SEC's knocking at his door. Yeah.
1: <laughs> SEC. I know. I, I I know. Deion Sanders, so again the story is he's got a brand new team, his son's gonna be the quarterback, and the recruits that he brought in since you know they were down like seventy players and only had ten scholarship players coming back from last year, it's a complete overhaul. I, I was looking at the two deep, the projected two deep for Colorado. Four players total are returners on the two deep, four Meanwhile, Nebraska, Colorado was 1-11 last year. Nebraska won four games. Scott Frost was out after game two. And I think Nebraska has done enough overhaul at a couple of positions that you would think maybe. Maybe there's a chance to mm-hmm. be bowl eligible. Mm-hmm. You never know. But Casey Thompson's gone. I do like the quarterback they brought in. Jeff Sims is a, is a transfer from Georgia Tech. If it wasn't for injuries, he would probably have quite the resume. But he's had just off and on injuries that have really cut his first three years of college football a bit short. But he's tall, he's lanky, he is very shifty, he's very fast. He could be quite the dual-thread guy for Nebraska. Can he stay healthy? We'll see. You know, Where Matt Rule found success at Baylor and at Temple in turning some programs around was defense. Mm-hmm. Nebraska's defense, especially in the rushing game, trash. Yes, Colorado was really trash. Yes, they're okay in the pass defense, but in the rush defense,
0: terrible. At Nebraska, and being that way in the Big Ten is not exactly the way to play. No, you'll fall behind. So,
1: after that breakdown, where we stand right now, who's the better team? Who? Who? I guess what I'm saying is like, who do you believe in more? I guess in in the in year one to be better. Matt Rule or Deion Sanders? I'm going to go with
0: Matt Rule because I feel like that there's more established there for him to work with. Instead of trying to meld an entirely new roster together from a group of guys that are from disparate areas around the country that you have only truly seen on tape and very little action from them in terms of live. Uh, I also, I continue to question the wiseness of starting his own son at quarterback. That has been poison in the past at CU. Dan Hawkins yep, comes yep. to mind. I so, remember. I remember yeah. Cody. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Co- speaking of which, <laughs> Cody's coaching now in the Big Sky. He's going to coach against his dad this year in is the Big really? Sky Conference. Both of them are head coaches. Where at uh, Idaho State, which is where coaching goes to die. Uh, for Cody (laughs) um, and and dad's down at uh,
1: UC Davis oh wow okay so anyway I I had complete Dan Hawkins man what a oh I know what a pull I it is a pull I remember watching him on sidelines and be a little bit outrageous once in a while but I forgot the Cody Hawkins thing I kind of forgot about that yeah what a what a time to be alive during that era of Colorado football Oof! yeah and and I just there's that part of me
0: that just does not see that working for, for CU. Now, is that so much on just the the fact that it's his dad coaching? Or, you know, is it because of the parts trying to be melded around him? I, I just question how ready they're going to be for the season, and I don't see it going well.
1: See... If you ask me like who's gonna win the game on September ninth between Colorado and Nebraska, you know I kind of lean Colorado. It's at home um and I know like and I mentioned earlier like you know Dion is gonna have a really weird team, but he got a couple of good recruiters. Dion has brought in a bunch of four star a number of four star guys since he's been in boulder um some decent transfers. I mean, it's, it's, it's so hard to predict, but, I mean, I kind of lean towards Nebraska as well, but I, th- I think I, my heart wants to say Deion Sanders, but the gut feeling is Matt Rule. Mm-hmm. But even for Matt Rule, I mean, it took a couple of years Sure, at Baylor.
0: But yeah. if you're talking about who's going to have the better outcomes this season, it's not going to take all that much for one or the other to have a better outcome than the other one. You can have you a couple be, of better athletes. You, you may be exactly. You may be looking at there just being a
1: one or two game difference. Either way, you know what? I'm just Colorado. Deion Sanders is going to lap Nebraska, and it's not going to take long. All right. Uh, when we come back, number one song of the day. I think Trey's going to like this one. Is next. Uh, to kick off, to kick this off. I actually want to ask Travion a question, and Troy, you can jump in as well. So, at the Doobie Brothers concert last night, the the tour shirts in the in the Doobie Brothers merch, you couldn't find a T-shirt less than fifty bucks. Yeah, Oof. yeah. Are you pulling the trigger on on that Travion for Doobie Brothers? Uh, really, anybody? Like, once you see the price price tag, uh, Southern accent again, is fifty bucks, team.
2: and it's like a tour shirt. Are you are you going to do it? So, okay. The first time I saw $50 t-shirts was at the first Kiss concert I went to. And I was like, "Ooh. I sounds did like it. Gene Simmons. I did it." Cuz back then, that this was 2019, so like the tour shirts were always 40 bucks, but now it seems more often than not when you're a big artist, it's usually 50 bucks now. So it's kind of went up 10 bucks. So like Janet Jackson was forty bucks I think, but like Bruce Springsteen was fifty bucks. Even mm. Motley Crue last year was fifty bucks. Um, so it's kind of the norm now.
1: I uh, the first time I saw it was uh, Rush when I saw him about ten years ago. Really? They wow. busted out like I think I think some of the t-shirts went up to sixty bucks maybe. There, I was like, damn, guys. Where were you at? Kansas City. <laughs> wow. It's T-Mobile.
0: In in the case of buying tour t-shirts, I have bought all of three, make that four tour t-shirts in my life. And unfortunately, my experience with my Billy Joel one this last time means I probably never will again.
1: Because the shirt sucked? Uh, that would be
0: because the shirt itself, the fabric at all sucked, and it was
2: 40 bucks. Right. Some people have really good merch, and some people have really crap. Yeah, I was
0: really disappointed.
2: One of my favorite tour shirts is my Post Malone shirt because it's 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 so soft and nice. I love that shirt.
1: I never buy like concerts or wrestling or whatever. I never buy the merch anymore.
2: Yeah, I always have to get something.
1: the
0: the last The last time that I had bought a concert T shirt before that was ACDC when they had been at Bramlage
1: when I was in college. Wow, yeah, I can't remember the last time. That's insane. (laughs) Lindsay likes to go buy the merch, though. I remember when we saw, uh, when we went to the stadium tour with Motley Crue and Def Leppard that she bought a couple of shirts and I think she gave her daughter one of them and... Although I said, she bought the, you might remember she bought the shirt with like the cassette, all the cassette mm-hmm. tapes on it. That was a, that was a ball shirt. Yeah, I shirt. got that shirt, too. That was a great shirt. It was a good one. All right, Travion, I think well, we ran a lot of time there. What do you got
2: for us? Okay, so what was the last movie you really laughed out loud at? The last one? Because I was watching The Hangover for the first time last night, and I was like- For the first time? For the wow. first time. I've always, you know, it's in pop culture, Man. but I've never watched it, so-
1: and I was watching a really dumb movie. Oh, it was the it was so dumb. I laughed out loud. Um the Beverly Hillbillies movie. They came out in the 90s with Jim Varney. Oh wow. Th- that is it was so ridiculous that I had to laugh. It's even more ridiculous than the Brady Bunch movies. I
2: love the Brady Bunch movies. Oh, they're so great. Yeah, they're so good.
0: <laughs> I am so bad at watching movies. I honestly can't tell you the last time that I laughed out loud at one other than watching Airplane with one of my nephews
1: probably about 18 months ago. Do you and Monica like just ever hang out, have a movie night or anything? Very rarely. It's not your style?
2: Better Very question. Rarely. Need some more, I know. What's a more newer movie that you have saw that's made you laugh out loud See, at?
1: See, the thing is, I don't really go to the theater that often. I've seen two movies since the pandemic started. And oh, wow. that was the new the newest Jurassic
2: Park in the in the uh, new Top Gun. I've not seen the new Top Gun yet. I have not seen the new Top Gun yet. Like, I, Top Gun
0: yet. I do want to see Oppenheimer.
2: That does look good. Christopher Nolan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wish I had a better answer for you Travion,
1: but I don't. New movies, I haven't I've barely watched any. I of need them. to see the new Guardians of the Galaxy. I've been sleeping on that. I'm sorry but Chris Pratt hasn't been funny since Parks and Rec. Come on now.
0: Because he had someone else writing the jokes.
1: For Travion, Troy, I'm Mitch. We're back for a full two tomorrow. (laughs) Go Cats.